Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Believe in the Jaguars right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And of course, joining me is my co-host, James Johnson, the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire. Jay, you and I are burning the midnight oil, as one, (laughs) one may say. We are here recording this after round one of the NFL draft. Of course, we wanted to get an episode out following the first round, of course, to definitely a lot to talk about and then just for you guys just so you guys know we will release a full episode regarding the entire draft this uh, next week the beginning of next week probably either monday or tuesday but we wanted to get an episode out because jay of course it was a historic night for the jacksonville jaguars yeah man what a night right just <laughs> the the crazy part about it is we're not used to having two picks even though we did it last year and um as i was making our schedule for jags wire it hit me that I had to do two sets of content this time around. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to have to make duplicate, basically duplicate articles of whatever I did for Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to have to repeat it for whoever the uh, second pick was, which we'll talk about. But nonetheless, I had a lot of help this time around. So shout outs to the Jazz Wire crew. A lot of the guys already got stuff in the draft, which, you know, we'll post that after we get done with this podcast and, um, you know, Give the people the content they've been wanting on these draft picks. So, man, nonetheless, man, glad to be back. Appreciate all the love and support everybody's been giving us. And, um, yeah, ready to talk about uh, this night where we made some history. Yeah, guys, a lot of exciting things, of course, happening in round one. We are going to get to here in just a moment. As Jay mentioned, we want to thank all of you that have gone out of their way and supported the show by letting us know either on social media or over on Apple Podcasts by leaving those five-star reviews. If you have been enjoying the show and you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us that review. It's one of the best ways to support the show. We're also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Of course, you can find us at Believe.com as part of the awesome Believe Podcast library and at Believe Podcast. You can tweet the show or find it on Instagram at Believe in Jags Pod. You can find myself at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O, and Jay is over at SportsGrind underscore Don. And of course, before we get started, we have to give a shout out to our, a couple of our sponsors here. First, one of our OGs, Bet Online. You know, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online is you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Ben Online, your online sportsbook experts. And of course, our other sponsor here, Monster Bass. Jay and I have been talking over the last couple of weeks about getting some fishing done over this weekend, which is why we're really excited to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, Monster Bass. Monster Bass is the fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from fishing industry's top brands delivered straight to your door each month. It's a premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where you live and fish. No more guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at Monster Bass. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide, and it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. 
They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They got the best baits from their best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head over to monsterbass.com and use the code JAGS10 to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monster Bass now. All right, Jay, with that out of the way, let's get into, of course, the nitty gritty. And for the first time in team history, the Jacksonville Jaguars selected number one overall, which meant they had the opportunity to draft the anointed one, essentially, since he was in middle school. We pretty much known what was going to happen since the, uh, you know, since the season ended. And it seems like, you know, of course, even though they couldn't come out and say it, the social media team was ready. The coaching staff was ready. The front office was ready. And, you know, here we are. Of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence. And Jay, you know, I want to hear what you have to say in terms of an analyst point of view, you know, looking at this pick and how it fits with not only the scheme and also the personnel that we have here in Jacksonville, but also just as a fan of the team, man, you and I have been with this team since 95. And to be in this position is very, very special when we talked about making history. So Talk about both of those things as far as from an analyst perspective, but also just as a fan of the Jaguars. How are you feeling tonight after the number one overall pick is, of course, Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I think the most unique thing about it is that you and I get to witness this uh, as journalists for the city, you know, journalists for the team. And, uh, you know, like I, I never thought like because me and you have always had this discussion. It's, it's hard to get the number one overall pick. And to get it when Trevor Lawrence was entering the draft is like, you know, that's almost like the equivalent of winning. I guess you could say the pick four in the lottery for those of you who all played the lottery. And, and when I say hit the pick four, I mean hit all four numbers as they are, you know, not just in any combination, but as they are. So um, that that was pretty uh, significant for them to even acquire the first overall pick. Yeah, it came with some misery. Yeah, it came with a one in 15 record. but in the end, uh, it could pay off and it could help this team in the long run and, and for many, many years to come. So, um, yeah, I think like that's my biggest takeaway, like from it is like not only do we get to witness as a witness it as a fan, but we're getting to see this from a journalist perspective. And we'll probably get to talk to this guy from time to time and we'll get to uh, analyze how he does on the NFL level. And then who knows, like 30 years down the road whatever we record about this young man could be in history books or whatever the case may be. So that's the unique part about it. You, you always knew from the beginning from how urban was talking that the Jags, you know, basically were going to cater the schemes and, and whatnot around what they had. So, you know, it all made sense. They got Daryl Bevel in here. They brought him in here as the offensive coordinator made a ton of sense. You've already talked about that with the uh, and, and the work that he's done with him, you know, so from that perspective, you know, he'll cater to what Trevor Lawrence does well in his strengths and he'll add some wrinkles in there as well, too, which um, that'll be a good thing as well. So, I mean, that's a great pairing. Um, you, you have to think that Daryl Bevel is definitely going to be beneficial for him. I mean, I mean, and even Schottenheimer as a quarterback's coach, you know, and as a passing game coordinator too, somebody who's worked with Russell as well and uh, has worked with young passers as well. So schematically, I, I have no concerns that things will work out. And, um, you know, just from those two names I named and Urban Meyer. And uh, yeah, I just can't wait to just see it happen and come to fruition on the field from this point. Yeah, and, and first, of course, I'm, I, I want to speak from a fan perspective because I, I know a, a lot of people are feeling 
just really, really good tonight. Again, so many of us have been with this team through so many downs and then just trying to find that quarterback, you know, dating all the way back from, of course, starting off on a really high high with a guy like Mark Brunel, right? Really just kind of striking gold on a guy that, you know, maybe wouldn't have gotten a chance if it wasn't for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He may have been sitting behind Brett Favre his entire career. Who knows where Mark Brunel's career would have gone if it not it had it not been for the expansion team down here. And then, you know, from that era going into Byron Leftwich and David Garrard and Blaine Gabbert, and then all these other names. And then of course, Blake Bortles and then Gardner Minshew, Nick Foles, who is going to be that next guy. And then to find ourselves in this position, I remember Jay, just the energy in the city once we had realized, and like you said, it had, we had to go through a one in 15 year in order to do it. And that was really tough. Probably will go down as one of the worst seasons on the field for the Jacksonville Jaguars in, in history. Hopefully it doesn't get any worse than one in 15. <laughs> I guess they can go one in 16 in the future, right? Unfortunately, but hopefully that is all in the past when you're now in this op- in this position to draft a, a generational talent such as Trevor Lawrence. And yeah, we know the statistics. We've, we've seen number one overall picks. It's kind of a crapshoot. You know, it's, it's about 50%. But when you have a guy that's being deemed the next Andrew Luck, look how he panned out. And then he was the best prospect since John Elway or since Peyton Manning. And, you know, you definitely hope that you find yourself in a position, of course, to um, to have a guy that is going to be able to continue the success that he had, of course, in college. Like we said, he's basically been anointed since he was in middle school. You know, he's been this top guy. He's been ready and he's now ready for this. Of course, the fan base has already accepted him with with open arms. As far as the schematic standpoint, as you mentioned, Jay, I, I see him just fitting right in, especially when he talks about watching a lot of Russell Wilson. I think that just, of course, speaks volumes. You know, Russell Wilson, of course, you know, at one point last year was probably the MVP, you know, and then things went the way they did for the Seattle Seahawks. So I, I definitely, when you when you hear that your quarterback is is trying to maybe work his game around a player, Russell Wilson's a pretty damn good <laughs> guy to watch. So, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see um, what they um, what they're able to do. And of course, you know, with the pick that they make, they made here uh, later on in the first round. I think it's real. They're really, really focused on making sure that he's as comfortable as possible here in Jacksonville. I want to rattle off a few stats, of course, from uh, for Trevor Lawrence. You know, finished with a 34 and two record at Clemson, third highest winning, per- third best winning percentage by a starting Division one quarterback with at least 30 starts since 1978. Those two losses, by the way, you guys, Joe Burrow, <laughs> it was now, of course the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals and Justin Fields, the brand new quarterback of the Chicago bears really quick. Jay, I do want to give us a, uh, give us a moment here to talk about Justin Fields. Super happy for him, man. Hope he is able to light up the league. I'm not sure. I think maybe out of all of the quarterbacks, he might be in the toughest spot because of Chicago and the way things have been going there lately, but super happy for Justin Fields. I don't know if you wanted to talk about like a, a local kid really quick before we move on to the next pick. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm I'm happy for him that he's going to a a uh, situation. To me, the the Bears, you know, we do give him a lot of grief. Uh, I know you was on um you were on the uh the I think it was the Bears Essential podcast where uh they kind of lit into Ryan Pace like you know that's kind of normal yeah. too, man. Like a lot of people agree with you know the the things he's done as a GM, but that was actually to me, and I was texting you about it. That was a good move. Um, but. Yeah, in terms of that move, like he's going to a great situation, in my opinion. He's going to a place that's going to play lights out defense. You know, like this, essentially think Blake Bortles in 2017 upset Justin Fields can actually throw the ball. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to a similar situation like that. 
he also has weapons on offense. He has Allen Robinson, who we know very well. And uh, now that I think about it, was a weapon of Blake Bortles, too. <laughs> it's funny how that all kind of <laughs> went together. Uh, but, yeah, he has Allen Robinson. Hopefully they take care of that young man, too, in terms of getting him a contract as well. But, yeah, he's he's going to a, a place where he should be able to thrive. And uh, I, I think what the Bears gave up for him, according to uh, the, what you sent me in the text, was a good deal. Um, Just one more thing I wanted to add, too, in terms of what you were saying about um Trevor Lawrence, also a Atlanta kid or a Cartersville kid, should I say. Um, yeah, you made a good point about the statistics. You know, it's like 50 percent or whatever the case may be uh, for the first round pick uh, ironing out, especially if it's a quarterback. And I'm going to quote somebody who Jags fans don't really like, but he actually made a point for Jags fans here and and not even Jags. Fans, I'll say he more so made a point for for Trevor Lawrence and um, Stephen A. Smith's quote when he was asked about the statistics of a first round pick. And he was asking this to regards to Trevor Lawrence was, I don't give a damn about the other statistics. Trevor Lawrence, to me, uh, is a guy that's going to ball out. And you can see it in the film. You can see it in the tape. You can see it in every step of uh, football that he's played, high school, college, whatever the case may be. Uh, the guy stepped to the plate. He's done what he's had to do. And, um, you know, it, to Stephen A's point, you know, he, he was right to that degree. I mean, we'll have to see what, you know, of course, Lawrence does in the NFL. But, um, you know, those statistics to me don't mean anything when it comes to this specific uh, prospect because this, this guy just looks like he has it. You know, hopefully he'll prove us right in that regard. And, um, yeah, man, like it, it's crazy because, you know, whenever it was 07, 08, the last time we went to the playoffs, we didn't know we were in line for this much misery, right? <laughs> I mean, if we only knew like how long it would be of a drought of just, not being successful and uh for us to go through all of that 2017 you know yeah yeah for us to go through that and have this moment to get uh you know arguably the best prospect since andrew luck is just huge you know that's a reward for all of the suffering we've been through aside from 2017 as you said and uh yeah man it's just a great moment for the fan base so i'm I'm really happy for them as well i mean that includes me because i'm a fan as well and you as well but yeah, man, I couldn't be happier for this fan base. And he's a guy that really has connected with them already, as you've seen in the interviews. Yeah, and that's just so great for him to have already had that interaction with the fan base, you know, because, you know, shouts out to Dilla for him doing the work that he did and and them and the fan base raising that money gets an idea of how passionate this fan base is. Right. And I think that's really, really good for for him to come in and really just understand how much we are just looking for a winner and uh, you know Trevor Lawrence has won his entire career finished his college career 67 percent completion percentage 10,098 passing yards 90 touchdowns to 17 interceptions so of course he is bringing a winning pedigree uh, with him here to Jacksonville I know you have one more thing to, to chime in here Jay yeah, it's not jazz related <laughs> I just got a notification of uh, from Bleacher Report and I'm sure you got it too we're um, speaking of, I think it was Ryan Pace. Yeah, speaking of Ryan Pace, uh, he comes out to say that Andy Dalton is the starter for the Bears, uh, which I bring that up because that's actually, that's good. That's a good situation for uh, for Justin Fields. He doesn't have to be rushed on the field, kind of like Tre uh, with Trey Lance too. Like I love that situation for him where he can learn from Jimmy Garoppolo in year one and just kind of, you know, take over after Jimmy Garoppolo is probably traded to the Patriots or something wild like that next year after the season is over or whatever the case may be. 
But I like that situation for Justin Fields. That's even better for him. He doesn't have to step on the field day one and he could be right, successful right. that way. In my opinion, that does matter. Some people say like it don't matter if a, a quarterback starts right away. But to me, it does matter to give them that time to kind of learn the game. Absolutely. And, you know, we're, I'm sure we're not alone in hoping that Justin Fields is able to succeed up there in Chicago. But let's move into uh, the second pick that the Jaguars had, of course, here in the first round, which was pick number 25. And Jay, I think pretty much throughout the entirety of this mock draft process between the both of us, we've pretty much had a defensive player slotted there, whether it be Trayvon Merrick, Christian Barmore, uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromora. All three guys, by the way, still available. The Jaguars pick <laughs> as soon as the second round starts. So that's going to be very exciting. I don't know that either one of us at any point had them going with Clemson running back Travis Etienne with the number 25 overall pick. Uh, Jay, before we talk about this, I do want to talk about some history being made, which you alluded to in the beginning of the show with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne both being selected by the Jaguars in the first round. The duo became the first quarterback running back duo from a single school ever drafted by the same team in the first round of the NFL draft in the common draft era. And I got to give, we have to shout out to you wig here because I think he was talking about this for a while, as far as the Jags taking Travis Etienne. And as the night went on, Jay, I don't know what it was. I, I had a feeling that this might be the pick I was, I was trying to manifest Trayvon Merrick or Christian Barmore, especially as they continued to slide. When I saw e when I saw Najee Harris go, all of a sudden I'm thinking, okay, we might see this run on running backs now, even if it's just another one. Lo and behold, Jacksonville takes Trevor Lawrence's running back, Travis Etienne. Now, listen, I want to hear, of course, I think we both grade, of course, the Trevor pick in A+. I, I want to hear what you think about this pick because we were we were both a little perplexed and some other people were as well um uh, just from just looking at, at twitter we are not i just want to be clear before we talk about this selection we are not knocking him as a player whatsoever look at the statistics 70 touchdowns <laughs> are you kidding me and he was able to rush for over 1600 yards twice when i was making the graphic that if you guys have seen it on on twitter or instagram and i was doing the math i was like excuse me <laughs> You know, like the guy is obviously a baller, but interesting selection because, of course, we just had James Robinson who finished top five in rushing last year. And that was with missing a few games. And of course, you bring in Carlos Hyde. And I think, you know, of course, Bulky and, and Urban have been talking about adding home run potential, but you also figure that you can find that in the later rounds, especially at running back. So for a franchise, who, who just released a running back in Leonard Fournette. Now, granted, that was the previous uh, regime, of course, totally different regime, but they just released a running back that they took early, early in the first round. You know, what did you think about this pick and what does it mean for James Robinson and, you know, the rest of the offense? I think it's possible that they, they view ETN as more than just the running back. And it probably alludes to what you said. And like, the dude got like 70 touchdowns, dude, like, Clearly, he's not normal, okay? He's not your normal running back, point blank period. Yeah, I know he went to Clemson and Dabo Sweeney's offense is, like, super friendly to statistics and all of that. Uh, but the young man also put up over 1,600 yards on the ground twice. So this is not 
your average young man here. Now, look, like you said, me, you and, and Boogie, we were perplexed by this and we didn't understand it, admittedly. Uh, but at the same time, I can see why they would do it from a standpoint of, look, the Jacksonville Jaguars were one in 15 last year. OK. And to this, to me, says maybe they are truly using the true definition to the T of a best available player method here, in my opinion, which I mean, like when you look at it from that perspective, right. It's going to feel odd for us because as fans, we're used to picking for needs. So that's why it feels odd to us. Um, But they may have legit used a true best available player method, kind of like you see uh, the Ravens do. You know, they just take, you know, wh- whoever's the best guy that falls to us, we'll take him. You know, that's just kind of how, for the most part, at least, that's how they team. And that's why Ozzie Newsom is probably the greatest GM to do it or one of the top GMs ever. It's because he just takes what he was taking, what fell to him before he retired. And, and DeCosta, who was his right-hand man, who's the GM now, does the same thing uh, to the mo- for the most part. Um, so I think, like, that might be, uh, the reasoning behind this again, I got to look at the presses. I haven't seen them yet. And yeah, like you said, like there were other needs on the board that they could address safety, DT, whatever the case may be. And, you know, it kind of contradicts to a, a little bit. It kind of contradicts what they were saying about, you know, getting people uh, that can make an immediate imp. Well, I don't want to say it contradicts it, but they didn't get a starter here, possibly, is how I'll put it. It's possible they didn't here and the reason for that is because of James Robinson however they may have a plan in place already where they can get because I would think they see ETN as multifaceted they probably have a plan in place to get him and Robinson on the field at the same time I'm not not all the time but like they're going to try and get those two on the field at the same time um as much as they can I'll put it that way don't know how much they'll be able to do that but they're probably they probably want to get creative so on and so forth and uh, from that perspective, look, you know, if you're a team that sucked as bad as the Jaguars did last year, went one and 15, you truly aren't in the position to be need picking, you know, like that. Yeah, it'll help the team. But how much will it help the team? Uh, we've seen, you know, others in the past do it in the, you know, in the front office for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And look where that's gotten us. You know, the only successful season we had in like the last decade is 2017. So if they're using the best available pa- uh, player method and uh, it, it might feel a little weird right now, who are we to say that it won't work? You know, because obviously what we've been doing in the past need picking hasn't been working. It's a wait and see type of deal. You know, it won't get the best grades in terms of, you know, people out there, your, your Pete Prisco's and all of that. Uh, but look, we'll have to wait and see how they can make this work on the field uh, and get this young man on the field with the other weapons that they already have. Now, the comparison that he is drawing is Alvin Kamara-esque. So for for those that are kind of uh, not just necessarily familiar with Travis Etienne. Um, now, if you've been watching Trevor, you've seen <laughs> Etienne. So most likely you've seen both of them. But do you think that is a good comp? And whenever I hear, you know, Alvin Kamara, I th- I'm thinking, you know, Robinson and Etienne is this a, of course, younger version of like a Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara type of duo that maybe they're putting together here in Jacksonville. You know what? I never thought about that. But um, yeah, I mean, like I like the comparison of ETN to Kamara. I mean, look, man, like, you know, for a stone cold fact, you went Jacob, Jadella, Bill Lawrence, know for a stone cold fact, 
how much I love Alvin Kamara. And I was mad as hell when the Jacksonville Jaguars did not draft him. So if he ends up being Alvin Kamara, I won't even be mad one slightest bit. Again, it just it just concerns me, though. Like, how much does this take away from James Robinson? But look, I, I, I ran this by you before we did the podcast. Urban Meyer had known to get like one, two punches at the running back position in college. You know, he had uh, Dimps and Rainey back in the day. And he's just been known to have just like these super weaponized offenses in general. So like that's probably what he's trying to do is just like get as many weapons on his offense as possible. And you you got to think like he does love James Robinson and he does have a great deal of respect for James Robinson because he's mentioned him by his name before this point and said we want to build James Robinson. So don't get it twisted. He loves that kid. He's probably just trying to put this offense in the best position to win, which really you can say that's not the the worst idea because the, the game is catered around the offense. The referees cater the game. Well, you know, the referees and the rules are catered around the offense. So why not build up the offense as much as you can? Uh, but again, the issue is we had a defense that gave up 400 yards routinely here on multiple occasions that needs to be addressed. And hopefully they'll do that in the next draft or the next rounds. I think what my main issue is, and I think it was, I'm trying to remember who I saw uh, put this out. I, I actually retweeted him. I think it was, uh, it was John Shipley. I'm going to shout out John here, who stated that this pick is a, it's a luxury pick for a team that doesn't have luxury, right? And that's why I kind of was iffy on it. And And again, when you look at the production, no one is going to argue against that. But maybe, again, you can address other positions here. But again, all of those players that we just mentioned are still on the board and they were about to select as soon as the draft starts again tomorrow night so, or tonight, I guess, at this time, whenever it comes out. So, you know, maybe they're, they're a step ahead. Exactly. That's the point I was about to make. Um, you could say it was a luxury pick that necessar- they weren't necessarily wrong for, were wrong for, because the guys that they, you know, could use defensively weren't taken out the board so obviously they aren't the only guys that graded those defensive players we're talking about they're not the only teams that graded those guys as day two picks which that's telling that you know that they did their homework and they concocted this together very well I guess I would say basically uh because like I was worried that one of those guys would get snagged out the board uh, before the day was over or the night was over. And actually, one of my guys did. Joe Tryon got snagged by the Bucks. <laughs> so man. mad about that, man. <laughs> so mad. But I tried to tell y'all, nobody wanted to hear it. Like, oh, Joe Tryon doesn't belong that early. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but, you know, he's with the Bucks now. And that's, an, that's another story for another time. Uh, but, yeah, you know, this does show that their draft boards kind of do, and at least for the defensive prospects, kind of do align with the other teams uh, that were picking back in the, the, you know, the back of the first round. So we'll see. I mean, like, you know, if they don't get a defensive player tomorrow at 33, I know it's going to be some, some mad people then. Uh, but look, they might still get Trayvon Merrick there, Christian Barmore. And this draft looks even more better that they took that risk and got ETN. Uh, if they can get one of those guys, but you know, we'll have to see. Yeah. We're going to talk about that here just to close out the episode in just a moment here, Jay. One thing I do want to ask, of course, Travis ETN, where is number nine? 
And, you know, the NFL just loosened up their rules as far as players uh, wearing, you know, specific numbers. Now, number nine on our roster, if you are, if you recall, Logan Cook, punter, uh, do, you, do you think ETN is going to have to shell out some cash to get that number nine off of Logan Cook? Or do you think he'll take something else? <laughs> Logan Cook just got a deal. If, you know, we all can recall <laughs> this, uh, this offseason, all right? Right. That does not mean he's going to cut that rookie a break at all because they never do cut rookies a break in this league. Don't know what how much it's going to cost him. Uh, but that being said, I don't see Logan giving it up that easily. Um, you know, like I've, I've seen in the past, like people, <laughs> I think it was uh, to Sean Gibson or some DB we had uh, in the past um, had gave up like a absurd amount of like Jordan shoes, like exclusive Jordan shoes to get a number off another play. I forgot. I have to look back into that story. I think I remember. Uh, I can't remember who it was either, but I think I remember that. Yeah, so maybe ETN can find whatever it is that Logan Cook likes <laughs> and maybe utilize that to get him up off that number. Logan Cook easy. is the hunter, right? Is Logan Cook the one that hunts? Yeah, with- I just thought about that. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, look, he might man. have to get him some new hunting have- gear. <laughs> <laughs> All expense paid trip uh, to, to somewhere, you, uh, you know, that he can go hunt. Who knows? <laughs> there you go, man. Well, guys, listen, we wanted to keep this one shorter, but we, of course, wanted to acknowledge and talk about round one jay before we get out of here i do want to just have a little bit of foresight now um this episode will come out early on on friday so between the uh the players that are currently available we're just going to talk about defensive uh well you know what i'll throw in a couple offensive players here as well between uh who would you like to see them take most at 33 and who would you be more surprised to be still be there at 45 so of course we have jeremiah wusu kuramura who has been mocked to us um, by uh, by Daniel Jeremiah in the past. Christian Barmore, of course, the interior defensive lineman. Aziz Ojolari is, of course, still on the board. Trayvon, Trayvon Merrick. Elijah Moore, who I think I heard Mel Kuyper banging the drum for all night. <laughs> he really loves Elijah Moore. And then we'll throw in an Asante Samuel Jr. in there as well. Uh, and then Pat Fryermuth, of course, we've has been uh, has been a name that's been very popular around here in Jacksonville. Who would you like to see them take at 33? And who would you be surprised to still be there at 45? Jock isn't going to be there at 45. Aziz isn't going to be there at 45, I don't think. So those are the two I don't think that would be there uh, with the Jags' second second round pick. Uh, now, who I would like to see them take with 33, I think over overall, I'd probably like to see them take Trayvon Merrick at that 33rd pick. Uh, and I mean, like, the reason, like, I believe – as possible is because Balky has a history of taking safeties high in the draft. And as much grief as we give him, he's actually been good at it. You know, he got um, a Jaquaski Tart was one of them. Uh, it's currently a 49. His name is escaping me. That's still on their roster right now that he drafted that had a pretty high PFF grade. And uh, also um, Eric Reed. He drafted Eric Reed too, who, you know, like he, he hasn't, been in the league you know here and there but still like Eric Reed you know was a was a baller in the eyes of most so um that being said did Jimmy Ward that you're thinking of maybe I think so might be Ward yeah uh so yeah Trent Baalke was behind there so yeah I mean like you get uh Merrick there at 33 I would like that pick um, that's one position that I kind of do trust Balky's judgment at like I can't say that for a lot of other positions (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, like they got a lot to address tomorrow, uh, especially on that defensive side. And uh, we'll see if we can they can make some progress towards getting that unit fixed, which, again, gave up 400 yards routinely during their their tenure last year. If I take the advice of of our, our buddy T. Wig and read the tea leaves, I think the pick will be Christian Barmore, just how they've emphasized. He, he talked about in his pre-draft presser. How good is your team? Look at the offensive line. Look at the defensive line. I think maybe now. They get the luxury pick out of the way, like we talked about with Travis Etienne. Of course, you address quarterback. Then maybe now they're going to start looking towards defensive line. I would be very happy if it's Barmore, Barmore or Merrick. So uh, I, I, selfishly, I want it to be Merrick because I'm just a big fan of his. But I think it will be Barmore, and we'll you know we'll just kind of go from there. Hopefully, you're listening to this. If you're listening to this in the future, like on a Saturday or Sunday, hopefully we were right. But, but so we'll see. We'll see how that goes, of course, guys. But, uh, you know, a very, very exciting first round of the draft. And, you know, if Travis Etienne ends up being Alvin Kamara, I think you can say that the Jags at least made it out, at least even out of the Jalen Ramsey trade, because you end up with, of course, Caleb on chase on and Travis Etienne out of those two picks from the Los Angeles Rams. But Jay, again, we just wanted to get this quick episode out there and we will be doing a full draft recap. That episode will be out on Monday or Tuesday. But Jay, there's going to be so much going on here or over on the Jaguars wire. So if you want to let everybody know where they can find all of that and let them know what's going to be going on over on the website before we get out of here for this week. Yeah, man. As a matter of fact, when I get done, when we get, wrap this up, I'll get a few more posts on, uh, you know, tonight's picks up. I mean, we got the, the core stuff up, you know, your basics on it. But, you know, we'll probably get some reactions up and, uh, you know, kind of stuff related to that. And, um, you know, tomorrow we'll go on to day two of the draft. We'll have the same content, our thoughts, our analysis on each pick, um, why it makes sense, why they don't make sense, whatever the case may be. We'll have some, um, you know, quotes and nuggets. And I just got a notification. I'm sure you did, too, as well. We got the transcripts from uh, the Jaguars in. So we'll get some of those top quotes up tomorrow. Um, I'll probably try and get a little bit of rest. But, yeah, man, aside from that, man, like, while, you know, pick number 25 wasn't what we were expecting, still pretty excited to see what happens past this point and um, still overall happy about just the draft in general, man. It was a, a crazy night. Absolutely, folks, and a whole lot more to look forward to. So, again, make sure you're keeping up with the JaguarsWire.com all weekend. We'll have all the up-to-date news about all of the new Jacksonville Jaguars that are going to be joining us here over the weekend. Of course, one more time, if you are enjoying the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. We're also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And again, you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Jags Pod. Follow Jay at SportsGrind underscore Don. And you can follow me at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. You guys all enjoy this weekend and enjoy basking in the Trevor Lawrence light. Don't forget to believe in the Jaguars, but more importantly, believe in yourselves. We will see you next time, guys.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.